0: Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. Going we'll to welcome everyone with us uh, uh, via live stream. We're glad you're here this morning. There's no better place to be in the house of God on Sunday mornings. Amen. Amen. I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to have a good word from the Lord today. <clears throat> if you would, and you have your Bibles, how many of you got your Bible with you? If you have your Bible, will you turn to James chapter one? James chapter one. And I want to continue this morning uh, with our series that we started actually a few weeks ago. Maybe we've been. Do we need some Bibles over here? Praise God! If you need a Bible? Raise your hand. We'll get you one. Praise the Lord! I apologize. Hallelujah. Man, gotta have the sword, right? Amen. You know, I watched a, a movie <clears throat> called Left Behind. I remember which version it was, but in that movie, uh, the, the Satan's advocate was looking for the one of the only people that hadn't received the mark of the beast, and so he went to his house and he was looking around all his all his little. Uh, underlings were looking for this guy, and he walked through the kitchen, and he's looking around. He's kind of looked out of disgust on his face, but and he walks by the microwave, and he stops, and he reaches in there, and he pulls out the holy Bible, and he says, "Good news, guys!" And he points it to his guys. He says, "He's totally defenseless." <laughs> Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. You're totally defenseless if you don't have the Word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we want to continue this morning talking about uh, our confession, uh, the words we use, the things we say, and how those words and the things we say really have an impact on the course of our life. Uh, if you missed any of these teachings, I encourage you to go to our website, Hill Country Cowboy Church, and, and download those. Uh, they will help you build your faith. Amen? Amen? You know, one of the things the devil wants to do is he wants to steal the Word of God that you hear. Mark chapter 4 tells us that. I encourage you to read that story about the sower and, who's, and, and the Word being sowed into your life. You see, a person can go out, uh, get the Word, and go out of this church after hearing that Word, and if they don't keep that Word, in other words, if they don't meditate on the Word, if they don't hold on to that Word, then the enemy, your enemy called Satan, then Satan can come and he can and will steal the Word from you. Amen. In other words, just hearing a good message does absolutely no good for you unless it gets down where? Into your heart. You have to get the word down into your heart. You need to realize something this morning. Really, uh, every born-again Christian should realize this. And listen closely to me. It's not the word that you hear that puts you over. It's the word that you get down in your heart and you obey. Right. That word is what will put you over. Brothers and sisters, that has to become a divine revelation to each and every one of us. Yeah. You just hearing the pastor say it is not going to get it. You've got to get a hold of that. Yeah. You've got to get a hold of it and you've got to start practicing it. Right. You've got to practice that the words you speak. And your confession is going to make a difference in your life. Amen? That's why the Word of God is so important to me. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. But the Word of God is important to me. Uh, That's why I feed on the Word every day. That's why I meditate on the Word every day. That's why I act on God's Word every day. Because it's the Word of God that will and has transformed my life. It's transformed my life. I started this 25 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I still feel undone sometimes. There's so much more that I want to learn. Amen. Again, it's not about me. It's about Him. you got to get that attitude in your life. That your life ain't yours anymore. Amen. No, no, don't the Bible... Didn't Paul say that? The life that I now live, I live unto the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to get an attitude that your life ain't yours anymore. It belongs to God. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's not going to transform your life just coming in this place and sitting here, listening to me talk or listening to me preach the Word of God to you. That is where it starts. But it's you getting a hold of that Word that's preached and saying, that's my answer right there. That's my answer. Then it's you taking your answer and putting it to work in your life. You have to act on it. Faith without what? Works is dead. You have to act on the Word of God. In other words, you have to get a divine revelation that the Word of God, the Bible, is God speaking directly to you. Amen. If you don't get that revelation, you're just going to take us another book. And you won't take time to really dig into it and say, hey, Lord, what is it, what is it you're trying to tell me? Right. Right. See, I had to make that decision back when I rededicated my life. I said, Lord, and this is the deal I made with Him, I said, Lord, You show me in the Bible where I'm making my mistakes because He's incapable of making one. Right. You show me where I'm making my mistakes and I promise you, I'll act on what you show me. Amen. Now, have I done that perfectly? Absolutely not. And you won't either. But you keep at it, and you keep at it, and you keep at it. Amen. So God's word is God's word speaking uh, to you, and God's word is Him speaking to me. Amen? Amen. Now, in our teachings about words and confessions, I told you that your enemy, how many of you know who your enemy is? <clears throat> that your enemy would test you or that he would put pressure on you to see if you would hold fast to what you were confessing and believing. How many, of you remember, how many were here for those messages? Amen. If you weren't here, get online and listen to those. Those, those messages will change your life. Amen. <clears throat> So, this morning what I want to do is I want to share a word with you uh, that's going to help us when these tests come. I've titled this message, Count It All Joy. Count It All Joy. In James chapter 1, verse 1, it says, James, a bondservant of God. I like that. I mean, you know, when you're in Christ, you're to be a bond servant of Jesus Christ. You are to be His servant. Honey, I got one amen on that. Hallelujah. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings, my brethren. So, who's he talking to? The church. Not talking to sinners, not talking to those people out in the world. He's talking to the church. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Underline that patience in your Bible. We will be talking about that more in the future. Maybe not get to it today, but I've got a sermon on the inside of me that I need to get out about patience. Now, we know from our past studies that patience is an important key to receiving God's promises. But what we also need to understand is that patience doesn't just mean waiting around. Patience means having endurance. Having endurance. Enduring to the end. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Knowing and look at verse three again, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But then it says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be what? Right. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you would like to just uh, pray to God and just get what you want? All of us. Well, how many of you know you got to have to have Patience. Amen. James 1, uh, in, in those, uh, those two verses, 3 and 4 in the Message Bible, says this. I like this. It says, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Uh-huh. Your faith life, when the pressure's put on you, is going to show its real colors. Amen. So don't try, in verse 4, so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. You see, a lot of times when we fall into trials and things of that nature, we can't wait to get out of them, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But James is encouraging us to not be in such a hurry to get out of it. Why? Because there's always something to learn in your trial. There's always something to learn. Your Bible is not just for good reading. It's to teach you stuff. It's to teach you how to live as a Christian and have a victorious Christian life. Amen? Now, I want to make it clear that when he's talking about trials, he's not talking about sickness Disease or anything like that. He's talking about the trials, the pressures, and the persecutions we as believers deal with on a daily basis. Amen. You being a Christian, let me say, share something with you, and I've told this to our congregation, and I'm going to tell it to our visitors. When you become a Christian, you get a target painted on your back. Right. And the devil just loves coming by your house And rub your hair down your face. Just see if he can make you mad. Amen. So he's talking about the trials that we deal with on a daily basis. So he says here in verse 3. He says, you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open. And shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. But let it do its work. So you become mature well-developed, and not deficient in any way. You want to be mature in Christ? Do his word. So what's he saying? He's saying when you fall into trials and the pressures of life come against you, and they are, how many of you know they are going to come? Amen. How many of you know it says when, not if? Hallelujah. That when these trials and these pressures of life come against you, those trials and pressures are there to try your faith. Amen. Your faith is what, uh, what we call your trust and dependency on God. So uh, trials will try you and see how much you depend on it. Or you gonna depend on yourself. Lean not on your own understanding. Amen. He's going to try to see if you're going to be dependent on God. Amen. In other words, the enemy brings the trials and brings the pressures to try and see if the pressures will cause you to quit on God. Hallelujah. Will you quit on God? Or will you hold fast to the word? Will you hold fast to the Word when the pressures come? Will you hold fast to the Word when it don't look like things are going your way? Will you hold fast to the Word when everything looks contrary to what you're believing God for? Will you hold fast to the Word when everything seems to be working against you? And then on top of that, your enemy, the devil, comes and he whispers in your ear, You're not believing right. You're not doing what pastor told you to do. So you're really not in faith. I mean, you know, the devil's a liar. And when he comes to that, you call him a liar and you hold fast to the word. Amen. So this pressure that James is talking about, he says, this pressure will come to try or test your faith. Who's bringing the pressure? Satan, the devil, it's not God. A lot of people want to blame their woes on God. Well, I guess God's trying to show me something. He sure is. Here's what he's trying to show you. Get it out for the coffee table, dust it off, start reading it, start meditating on it, and start doing it. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's what he's trying to show you. He says, my word will set you free. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the pressure's come to try your faith. It's like you believe in God for healing, or let's just say you believe in God for divine health. And that's what every Christian should be walking in, including myself, and I'm working toward that. We should all be walking in divine health. Amen. He says your enemy is going to attack your body when you're believing for divine health. He'll give you symptoms. He'll give you aches and pains. He'll do all sorts of things because he's coming, not against you, but against the word that you spoke. I walk in divine health. Amen. Amen. And when we say that, the devil, because he wants to rob you of the Word, he's going to give you an ache. Oh man, Because he wants you to say, oh, man, my back sure hurts. What would you just do? You just uprooted the Word. You just uprooted your healing. I'm trying to help somebody in here. You can't say one thing and then say another. That's talking out of both sides of your mouth. Double minded, that's right, brother. James talks about that too. We'll get into that in just a minute. Praise God. He'll give you symptoms, he'll give you aches and pains because he's coming against the word. And he does it so it doesn't produce <clears throat> divine revelation in your heart. Because when the divine revelation comes and you start speaking it with power and authority, your divine healing's coming. Amen. Amen. The The devil can't stop it then. If he can stop it from here and here, before it gets in here, he can stop you. Amen. But once that word gets in the heart and you really start believing it and you then you start speaking it, it will come to pass. Praise the name of the Lord. So Satan comes against the word of God. Why? So you'll get frustrated. So you'll grow weary of standing on God's promises. Because like I said, maybe he puts an ache in your body. And if he can get you an ache in your body and get you confessing that ache, he's got you. And he comes against the word so you'll give up trusting on God and just outright quit. I've seen people give up on God and because the devil come and put condemnation on them, they not only gave up on God, they had quit the church because they, they didn't want to hear the message about what they need to be doing anymore. It's just easier to quit and go to that other church where well, they don't ever say nothing like that. Took the easy road out. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I'm going to teach you how to Fish. I'm not going to feed you a fish sandwich. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to share this with you. Can I share a little something with you? <laughs> Thank you. I got the mic, right? <laughs> There's a story in the Bible when Jesus preached. How many of you remember the story of he fed 5,000? Well, if you, look at the, uh, if you look at that story, and uh, after he preached and everybody sat down on the grass and they had their fish and chips and everybody got done. If you'll read the end of that story, and I don't, like I say, I'm not familiar with the address right now. But if you'll read that story, you'll find out when the, when the preaching was over, almost everybody left. But then the Bible says this. He said, he went off by himself, him and his 12 disciples and those who followed him. So not everybody stayed, but there was that remnant. There was that people that said, I want to know more about it. I want to know more. I want more than I've got right now. Those are the ones that hung out with Jesus after the fish and chip dinner was over. And that's the one God revealed the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to Praise God. How many mystery seekers do we have in here? You hang out long enough and God's going to give it to you. Hallelujah. That's why we keep coming back. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But he wants to try to get you to give up on trusting God and quit. How many of you know that when you need to stand fast... Uh, that you need to stand fast no matter what. No matter what the devil throws at you. And you stand until the promise of God manifests in your life. Amen. Amen. I've had people say, well, how long do I need to say that? Or how long do I need to confess that, Pastor? Till you get it. Till it comes. You know what a lot of them do? They never confess it the first time. Well, that's too hard. I mean, you know. I got to confess it until it comes? Come on. Hmm. It's important that we understand that trials will come. Now, notice James said, my brethren counted all joy when the trials come. He didn't say if the trials are going to come, which means we all. Everybody say we all. We all are going to go through trials, problems, pressures in this life. But notice in the Message Bible, it says, "But let it do its uh, work, so you become mature and well developed, non, uh, not deficient in any way." Amen. It doesn't. You're not blaming God for the trial. Uh, you're not quitting on God's world in the trial. You're not asking God where He is in the trial. In other words, questioning God and the integrity of the Word is a no-no. How many of you know that? Yeah. You don't question God. That's right. Well, God, why didn't I get this? <laughs> Look in the mirror. Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Right. Amen. Amen. See, questioning God is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to question God. Listen to me. The more you do that, James says in verse 6 in that same chapter, he says you become uh, like this wave tossed by the wind, wavering up and down. We went over that in one of the messages. How many of you remember that? He says, and then that person that does that, he says in verse 7, for let not that man or that person or that woman suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. You want to know why you're not getting your blessings? It's your fault. Not God's. Never, ever blame the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. See, it's a person's lack of trust. Or it could be a lack of Patience. It could be a lack of them standing on God's Word. And I know we don't like to hear that. Because the problem is, we live in a society that has, a, has the mentality that we can order something on Amazon and have it here before the service is over. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Or just order something, and by the time we get home, it'll be on our doorstep. And bless God, if we have to wait a week, it's, oh my goodness, I have to wait? Wait a whole week? Are you kidding me? What about prime? What about this prime business where I can get it the same day? See, that's the attitude a lot of Christians carry into Christianity. They don't mind asking God for something, but they want it the same day. Amen. Amen. And sometimes you get it the same day. But listen to me, because I've seen instant miracles. I have. I've seen instant miracles in my life. But most of the time, guys, most of the time, it takes patience and it takes waiting. Not not waiting on God. He wants to give it. And he has given. if you read Ephesians 1, verse 3, he's already blessed us with it. What we're waiting on is for our faith to get to that level to where we can receive it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. See, we don't need to have the mentality that we don't have to wait for something. And we need to take that same attitude everywhere we go. That I'm going to stand on the word until I get it. Amen. need to get rid of that attitude that God doesn't care. Because that's just not true. Your God loves you. Amen. And he's already blessed you with every blessing that he can give. Amen. Listen, I've been through exactly what I'm describing to you. That's how I know it so well, okay? Where well, the devil attacked my mind trying everything he could to keep me from getting a hold of the Word of God. Because he knew once I got a hold of God's Word, praise God, it was over for him. Once you get a hold of the Word of God, and you start practicing it on a regular basis, it's over for the devil in your life. Now, will he stop? No. The Bible says, clearly, he goes to God every day and petitions for you. Yeah. Amen? And I've described it like this that mine and Miss Brenda, uh, now, now after 25 years of serving the Lord and practicing what I'm telling you to practice, the devil will come by my house and he'll put his face against the, the window. And as soon as he does, he sees the glory of God in there, not talking about us, but talking about him. He sees the glory of God, and he says, not this house. Come on, boys. we got to go down the road. Amen. Now, I want to ask you a question. When he comes by your house, is he going to park? Or is he going go to go on down the road? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Is he going to park and say, come on, boys. There ain't no glory in there. Let's go on in here. We got a party going on. Amen. Let me tell you something. That's serious business. I know we're laughing. That's serious business. You got to get to the point where you, the, he, when he comes by your house, he don't see nothing but glory. And that only comes through practicing what I'm telling you to practice. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you and I have to push past our feelings. You and I have to push past our disappointments. You and I have to push past other people's experience and what other people may say. Are you hearing me? We have to push past all that junk knowing God's word is true. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, if James said this, and we know the Bible is truth, then, we, uh, then when we hear uh, we have to be patient, how many of you know you're, you're going to have to learn to be patient? Amen? Amen. But let me say this. Overcoming some of the first trials in life may have taken me a while. I'm just being honest with you. That's some of them, man, I had to, I'd fall on my face, I'd get up. I'd fall on my face, I'd get up. I'd fall on my face and get up. But the thing of it is I always got up. Yeah, man. So those first trials that I went through, I failed miserably, but I kept effort. And then after a while, the trials uh, didn't hang around as long. Amen. Not because uh, God had changed, but because I was getting more word on the inside of me. I was doing the things God was telling me to do and it made a difference in my life. Hallelujah. See, I learned to stand on the Word of God. And I learned to stand on the Word of God no matter the circumstances. Circumstances didn't stop. I learned to stand on the Word of God no matter the pressure that the devil would put on my mind. I learned to... uh, To stand no matter the trials that would come our way, mine and Miss Brenda's way. We learn to stand. Amen. Amen. And when you get to that point where you stand no matter what, that's when the promises of God will manifest in your life because you have developed your patience. Amen. You've developed patience. You've said, I don't care what you do, devil. I'm standing. Hmm. Hallelujah. Now. Whoo. Glory to God. Now, what did it say in James chapter one, verse four? It says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect. That word perfect just means mature. You want to be a mature Christian. You want to be complete, lacking nothing. Now, <clears throat> the amplified says in verse three and four, it says this: Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance. Underline that. Well, you don't have an amplified Bible, you can't <clears throat> bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let patience and steadfastness and patience, uh, let endurance and steadfastness and patience have. Full play, do a thorough work so that you may be people, perfectly and fully developed, with no defects, lacking in nothing. Brothers and sisters, that is a very, very powerful statement. You see, here's the thing. When I know the purpose of the trials, and I know that those pressures are going to come, then I know... That they don't come from God, but they come from the devil. When I know all of this and I get a revelation of this, that Satan is the one putting those pressures on me to keep me out of the promises of God. When I know this, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hunker down and work harder. I'm going to hunker down. He ain't pushing me off. How many of you played King of the Hill when you was a kid? And nobody wanted to get pushed off the hill. I'm going to tell you something. The devil ain't pushing me off my hill. Amen. Amen. He can't do it. You know why? Because I got God on my side. I got God in my heart. I got the Holy Spirit working on my behalf. So automatically, just those, those right there is three against one. But then my Bible says where one can put a 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Amen. So the devil ain't got a chance against me. I'm king of the hill. Not because of me, but because of him. Hallelujah. That was just a little extra. Praise the Lord. Mm. Glory to God. The passion. The passion Bible says this in verse 2 and 4. 2 through 4. It says, my fellow believers... When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. How many of you know that sometimes there's times in your life when you you look up and you ain't seeing nothing but dark? (laughs) Amen. Well, if you ain't never done that, uh, then God bless you or we're going to have an altar call for liars. (laughs) Hallelujah. But when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties... See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then, as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Hallelujah. Notice it says, my fellow believers, when it seems that those, there's nothing but difficulties, Man, I've been there. Yes. Hallelujah, many a times. It's been like the difficulties had my name and address. Amen. Amen. And they'd come by my house. This is the earlier years. How I many of you know that's no fun? Nope. Not too many people want to sign up for that. How many people want to sign up for difficulties? Thank God you're listening and not raising your hand. He said in verse 2, he said, uh, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, he says, see it as an invaluable opportunity. Uh, When I read that, I went, wow. How many times have you seen difficulties in your life as an invaluable opportunity to have joy. <laughs> I mean, you walk around your house and say, Hey, baby, we're going to have an invaluable opportunity today yeah. to show exceeding joy. Yeah. I mean, we have pressures on our finances. Yeah. <laughs> we have pressures on our body. We have pressures uh, on uh, people talking about us. How I many you know people talk about you because you're a Christian? Matter of fact, there's a lot of circles that call you the enemy because you're a Christian. But we've got, we got an opportunity, uh, baby, because people are talking about us, and there's persecution everywhere. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I, don't, I ain't never done that. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. But that's what this is saying, isn't it? It's saying, look at your trials as an invaluable opportunity to show exceeding joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that what he said? Why would he say that? Why would he say we ought to think of our difficulties as an invaluable opportunity? Look, to experience the greatest joy (laughs) that you can. Listen, this is very important. I want you to notice we are supposed to respond, supposed to respond in trials with depression. No. 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 With anxiety. No. No. With worry. No. No. With anger. No. No. We are to respond to our trials with joy. Now, I realize that for a lot of us, That may be a tough pill to swallow. But, everybody say but. If you follow it down with a glass of the living water, it goes down a whole lot easier. Hallelujah. We are to respond to every trial with joy. And not only that, we are to maintain our joy. Why? Why? Because joy, my brothers and sisters, puts us in a position of strength. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah 8.10, just write that scripture down. Says the last part of Nehemiah 8.10 says this. It says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So what James is saying, he's saying, listen, when you believe in God for something, and you're holding fast to the Word, uh, Word of God. Trials are going to come. Pressures from the devil are going to come. And when they do, put a butt God on it. Put a butt God on it. Put a butt God on that trial. Put a butt God on that pressure from the devil. And don't allow the devil to steal your joy. Can you say Amen to that? See, you have to allow him to steal your joy. He can't just steal it. Well, the devil stole my joy. No, he didn't. You gave it to him. You have authority. Listen, trials are only opportunities. Write this down. Trials are only opportunities for your heavenly father to show himself strong. Trials are only opportunities, or let's just put this like: Trials are only opportunities for God. To show himself strong. Yeah. Amen. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter seven. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter seven. You getting any help today? Yeah. Are you just busting over with joy? <laughs> yeah, Hallelujah. For time's sake, I'm only going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. So look at the screen. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4 through 6, it says, I have great boldness and free and fearless confidence and cheerful courage towards you. My pride in you is great. This is Paul talking. He says, I am filled brimful with the comfort of it. With all our tribulation and in spite of it, I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy. Now, I want to stop right there for a moment. Do you understand that this man, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, I think it was 14 epistles he wrote, this man spent most of his ministry behind bars, in chains, being beat, being stoned. Amen. Amen. So understand that when you read this, when this man says, with all our tribulation and in spite of it, I am filled with comfort, I am overflowing with joy. For even when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no ease or rest, but we were oppressed in every way and afflicted. That word afflicted does not mean with sickness and disease. It means that everybody was against them. The pagans were against them. The Jews, a lot of the Jews were against them. And even some of their uh, so-called Christian brothers were against them. Because Paul was preaching a different message. How many of you know that the church is the same way today? A lot of people don't like you because you preach what you preach. Amen. Amen. It's not because they're mean. It's just because that's the first time they've heard it. I've had people come in here that's the first time I've ever heard that, Pastor. Well, is it in the Word? Yeah? Well, then that's what we're going to preach here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. For even when we arrived in Macedonia, we were afflicted at every turn, fighting and contentions without, dread and fears within us. Look at this. But God. Hallelujah. See, this is where many Christians miss it. They go, yeah, we're having trouble here, Pastor. We're having trouble there. Pastor, the devil's uh, attacking me here. The devil's attacking me there. And they forget the but. They forget the but, God. Amen. Let me show you this in 2 Corinthians. Hold your place there. I want to show you this over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's just a little bit back to your left there. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Verse 7. Say amen when you're there. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. How many of you know the body you're living in is an earthen vessel? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellent of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I want you to notice very closely their confession. Okay? He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Yet. Everybody say yet. Yet, not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You see, there's got to be a response to the trials and the troubles that come our way. Amen? Amen. How did they respond? Yeah, yeah, we're going through this, but. <clears throat> Amen? Amen. <clears throat> you got to have a good butt in your mouth. Oh, that didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> but you got the gist of it. Yeah. You got to have a butt God. Hallelujah. See, that, my brothers and sisters, is what we have to learn. Yeah. You have to learn what I'm telling you. Yeah. You got to keep coming back, keep listening to the messages on the Internet. However you get the message, however you gain the revelation knowledge of what I'm talking about, you need to gain it. And those who don't gain it won't ever have victory. I'm sorry. I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. You'll never have victory unless you do what I'm telling you to do. Amen. I'm not saying you won't make a lot of money. I'm not saying you might not live good. But when the devil comes by your house and he sticks his head on, the, on your window and he don't see that you have the word on the inside of you, he's going to come in and visit you. Amen. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And again, I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. It says, in verse 4, it says, With all our tribulation and in spite of it, I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy. For even when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no uh, ease or rest but we were oppressed in every way and inflicted and afflicted at every turn, fighting and contentions without dread and fears within, but God who comforts and encourages and refreshes and cheers the depressed and the sinking. I said, but God who comforts and encourages and refreshes and cheers and the depressed and the sinking. How many of you have ever been there? I don't know if I've ever been depressed, but I know I've been on the sinking end of the ship. Yes. I know I've had my head underwater. <clears throat> and in those times, when I, uh, when I finally woke up and I got, my, uh, got out of my little pity party, poor little old me, because I'm woe is me, and I got myself back in the Word of God, then the, the pity left, and my head got above the water. Like the song says, keep our heads above the water. You know, the only way you're going to keep your head above the water is keep keep your eyes on Jesus, which is the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Notice Paul said in verse 4, and I'm about to close. Praise God. Y'all been listening in a hurry. Notice he says in verse 4, with all of our tribulations, and in spite of them, everybody say in spite of them, I am comforted, I am overflowing with joy. Amen. Brothers and sisters, what a powerful, powerful faith-filled confession. Yeah. That's him confessing the word. That's what we need to look at when we read this Bible, not as much as what they're doing and what kind of clothes they wore, was their hair long? Was their hair? I've had people say uh, that uh, when I said, "But well, you know, I've had a, a, a vision of Jesus," they'll say, "Well, how? What was he wearing? What did his hair look like?" I don't care what his hair looked like. I was listening to what he said. I, he could have had dreadlocks. I didn't know it. We need to get our eyes off of all the stories. That's like why a lot of people like going to other churches. They want to hear all the stories about how all the other saints of God, where the Old Testament knew how they got victory. What they were wearing, what they were doing at the time, when they ought to be paying attention to what they were saying. Amen. Paul's confession was always had a but God in it. Hallelujah. How many of you love to have a confession in your life that every time a trial or tribulation come at you, you always had a but God with the powers in your mouth? Amen. Amen. Not pastor's mouth, your mouth. And you're going to remember what I'm telling you. You don't remember anything else today. You know, not the Bible don't say it, but I've said this. I've done studies on it, that you're only going to retain 2% of what you hear. That's why we hear it over and over and over and over again. But if you're going to put put this in your 2%, but God. Then every time you catch yourself saying all your woe is me's, end it with a but God. Amen? Say this with me. No matter, no matter the tribulation, and Amen. in spite of it, spite I have it. Overflowing, joy. Overflowing. overflowing joy. Amen. Amen. Now, Amen. let that be your attitude and your confession. Yes. Every time trials, tribulations, pressures, problems, yes. and conflicts come your way. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, count it all joy. It all. Let's give the Lord a clap offering and get to our feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It is my desire that you get as much out of these messages as I do. Amen. <laughs> amen. How many of you know if you're counting it all joy you got a smile on your face? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, one of the things we can count joy is we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, right? Amen. But you know something? Not everybody has that privilege. I mean, they have the privilege, but they don't know him right now. And I'm talking about people who may have even been raised in church and they grew up in church. They never listened And today, they want to make a difference in their own lives. And today, they want to say, you know something, Lord? I've been playing the game. Let me share something. I played that game. I played the religious game for quite a few years. And I dressed up and went to church every every Sunday, every Wednesday. I even taught the Word of God. And to this day, now that I know what I know from this book, I don't even really know if I was saved or not. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I never confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord. I just started going to church. I just started reading the Bible. I just started studying. I've always loved the Bible. I think it's one of the greatest books ever written. Yeah, yeah. Amen. But when I left the church, I forgot what I heard, even though I was speaking. It, and I never lived it. The Bible says faith without what works is dead, being alone. The Bible says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, or I deceive myself. There's a lot of self-deceived Christians or people in church that's calling themselves Christians. But if you're watching by live stream right there this morning, you're in this building, and I just described you because that's really what you are. You know it in your heart. Today is your day of salvation. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, no one moving around. If that's you that I just described this morning, and you can say, Pastor, I identify with that. I've done the same thing for you this morning, I want to to do something different. I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. Even if you're at home watching my live stream, God will see your hand. I want you to raise your hand at home. You may have some kind of a sin in your life that can be anything. And it's really keeping you from serving God the way Uh, He wants you to in the way you'd really like to. And if today is the day you want to put that sin down, you never want to do it again, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. God see those hands. Now with every head raised and every eye open. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10. And I tell you what, I'm just going to read it like it says it. Thank you brother. It says if you well if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So with that being said, Everyone, to confess this with me heavenly father i believe that jesus christ is the only begotten son that he died for the sins of the world which includes me father i believe he rose on the third day and right now he's in heaven making intercession for me Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I confess you as my Savior right now. Therefore, I am saved. Hallelujah to Jesus. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Now, if you've prayed that prayer... No matter what you prayed, if you had the sin in your life, the sin don't have to stay there. You don't have to carry it out. We well, just leave it in here. I know what to do with it. I just dispose of it. Put it in the sin locker. that burns with fire and brimstone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you prayed that prayer, uh, if you would, and I, I encourage our congregation to do this too. I've got a man in this church that says he goes back and listens to the, the same message that he got saved at in this church he goes back and listens to that message every once in a while just to get it again. You know what I mean? So go on our website. Scroll down through those messages. Some of them, one of my favorite uh, that I like is working on me. Instead of working on Miss Brenda all the time, Lord, work on me. Amen. A lot of times we want to point the finger at somebody else as uh, as as a hindrance in our life. And we really ought to be looking in the mirror Pointing at that person Amen That message work on me Lord Is a great message Amen So I encourage you to go on our website And look at those You can also download the podcast on Spotify Or iTunes uh, I encourage you to do that And you will grow in the Lord Amen Amen Hallelujah to Jesus In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Hallelujah